You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com shop. Welcome back again to MLB.com Extras, the Oakland Athletics Edition. I'm Dave Raymond with Jane Lee, all the way from Canada. Uh, Jane, uh, look, we're, we're now, you know, fairly deep into the month of August. A lot of the dust has settled. We, everyone expected the Oakland A's to make some moves. They certainly did. Um, I, I would think that the reaction has been mostly positive. I'm curious to know what you hear and, and what you sense, you know, locally, also from you know, just some of the baseball people you bump into. Because looking at the three big names that they dealt at the trade deadline, you know, and Casimir and, and Zobrist and Tyler Clippard, I mean, all pending free agents, none of them likely to be signed back. It's not as if they gave up the world. And, and then the question then is, what did they get back? Do they feel good about that? Yeah, I mean, I think from a fan perspective, it was probably disappointing. I mean, you know, at that time of year, you know your team's going to either be a buyer or a seller. And um, obviously the A's were realistic about where they were. But, you know, from a fan standpoint, when you see your team kind of essentially throw in the white flag in the middle of the season, um, particularly a team that, you know, had high expectations of another postseason appearance, you know, maybe felt like they had – you know, the pieces to do it, even after so many off-season moves, um, you know, to see it actually unfold was probably disappointing for them. But I think if, you know, like Billy Bean said, if he had gone into the off-season with Scott Kazmier, with Ben Zobris, Tyler Clippard, and gotten nothing for them, well, you know, the fans are going to be just as disappointed at, at that point. So, you know, I think he did what um, he felt was best, and I think everyone would agree that, it was the right move for them, and they did get five prospects in return, and and not necessarily, you know, guys that are close to being big league ready. Um, you know, outside of Aaron Brooks, um, who's starting tonight, but you know, usually the A's do take that course because they're always looking, you know, to be competitive now and in the near future. Um, so when they do make trades, you know, usually you're expecting guys that are either big league ready or close to it come back to them and. Instead, you know, he, Billy said, you know, he was looking more at, um, you know, high upside guys, um, even if they were a ways away. So, you know, you saw a lot of high, high A guys coming back in the deal, but guys that they're really excited about and guys that could be, you know, big pieces for them down the road. And I think that's what they're kind of focusing on more of, more of the future and, and looking around them and seeing, you know, how the Astros have done things. You know, Billy acknowledged you know, what they've done and, and how well it's working for them. And, you know, I think they they realize that they do have to utilize the farm system to some extent because in years, you know, here recently, they really haven't done that. You look at their roster right now, and, and Sonny Gray and Sean Doolittle are the only homegrown players on their roster. So, um, you know, a different course of action for them. But, you know, I think in, in being realistic about where they are, not just now, but, you know, one, two, three years from now and, and about – you know, where teams around them in the division are, I, I think everyone can agree that, that it was the right route to go. You know, you, you mentioned one, two, three years from now. Did, does that discussion take place with the media? Is there a sense from Billy Bean's perspective, has he communi- communicated anything as if, like, you know, hey, we're going to build toward 17 or, or 18, or is it just business as usual? They're, they seem to be, it seemed to me, 
always looking to improve in the margins and always with an expectation that, yeah, you know, they, they could make a little noise in the division. Have they, have they moved the, the timeline around at all, or is it just business as usual that way? Yeah, I don't think they like talking about timelines because, you know, so many things can happen and, and so quickly, and you never really know. I mean, I don't think in 2012 they expected to contend, and then, you know, it was, it was the start of something really big there. But, um, you know, even even looking to next year, I think Billy was asked point blank, you know, do you expect to contend next year? And, and he said, I don't know. You know, that's something we're going to look at once the offseason comes. You look at what pieces you have, um, you know, what you're able to do um, financially and, and, you know, with the – limited resources that they have, but the, there was a change in tone in that he's never really, you know, said, we're, you know, we're going to really focus on the future. Usually he's all about contending now. Um, and, you know, he's never been a fan of rebuilding. He hates that word. Um, you know, he, he, he's been pretty adamant about not wanting to throw a season away. So for, to hear him say, you know, and kind of allude to the fact that they are focusing more on, you know, the, the future, maybe not 2016, but 2017, 2018, um, you know, that that was, they are kind of, it seems, strained from from their recent path. And part of it, he said, has to do with, you know, the, the optimism surrounding a new stadium. Um, you know, whether he, he knows something or really believes that, I don't know. I think they have been optimistic for a while and to no avail. But you have to think, you know, I think from his perspective, he's thinking, well, it has to get done sooner, you know, sooner than later. Um, whether that happens, you know, remains to be seen. But that was at least, you know, what he relayed to us, part of his thinking, and that, you know, when he's bringing back the type of players he is, guys that will be ready, you know, in two, three, four years, those are the guys, you know, the, the cornerstones of the, of the franchise that you want to already have in place when, you know, if or when a new stadium opens. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's face it. That's the uh, that's the story that doesn't seem to go away and doesn't seem to get any closer to to being answered either. Um, uh, you know, it, it's funny, Jane. You, you're willing to throw away a season like this. Uh, you almost have to be willing to understand that this is not going to be the year. Basically, the Red Sox and 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 Oakland bringing up the bottom of the American League. I, I was looking at that one run record, and we've been talking about this all summer. 13 and 26 in one run games. And, you know, most of the statisticians say that that usually plays at about 500. You cannot sustain, uh, either on the positive or negative end, a real big differential in one run games. Had they just been closer to 500, let's say 19 and 20 in those games this year, they'd be a 500 team at the moment and like a half game or so ahead of the Texas Rangers who went all in at the deadline and are very much a contender in that division. I, you, you know, you can never, I guess, boil it down to one single thing. Boy, those, those one-run games seem to be the, you know, the, the key to this whole thing this year. It really has. I mean, and, you know, they, they still talk about it. It's still, um, you know, something you have to look at because, you know, after the first two months of the season – you looked at, at that record, and it's, like you said, if they had won half of them, um, I think at one point they would have been in first place if they had just won half of those uh, one-run games. And, you know, even if they – even to this point, yeah, they would still be in it. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at one-run games and they, there's some luck involved, and but there's not. You play that many one-run games, um, you know, 
it goes back to, I know we've talked about it nearly every week, but, but the bullpen has cost them a lot of games. Um, you know, not just a few, but they have, you know, they have nearly 20 losses as a bullpen. Um, you know, their defense has been spotty and especially early, early in the season. I mean, the combination of those two just really hurt them. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't think they were shying away from that. I think they knew. And, um, you know, you're even still seeing um, the bullpen, even though they've had, you know, better stretches here and there, um, it's still the, the weakest point of their team. Um, and so you look at that record and, you know, they're, they, they want to believe that there's luck involved, but at the end of the day, you know, that's a, that's a lot of one-run losses. <laughs> it is, it is. But, you know, you know, I love math. I love the way that we use it in baseball. And, and it, I mean, you're talking about a team right now, though, that has scored like 33 more runs than it's given up. And based on however they figure that, this is a team that should have right now the identical record to the Houston Astros. And that, again, it's kind of difficult for me to get my brain around, you know, and maybe it goes back to something you alluded to defense, right. And bullpen, those two things yeah, I mean, they're can playing, certainly they're recap playing it. A lot of close games. And, you know, last year, the year before they were winning these types of games, you know, that's what, that's what they were so good at. That's how, you know, they gained so much momentum is winning those type of games. Um, and this year it's just all gone, you know, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong essentially. Yeah, well, maybe it speaks to that that, that theory that, that you really can't escape a roughly 500 record over a long period of time in those games because maybe it is just all sort of coming back to, to roost. Okay, so, Jane, next week I really want to get into Danny Valencia, and I'm hoping that he'll continue to play the way he has, and then we'll have a really quite a little story to talk about because his first week with the team has been fantastic. Enjoy Canada. Enjoy the rest of this road trip. And, and we'll, we'll break down Danny Valencia next week. All right. Sounds good. Okay. There she goes. Jane Lee, MLB.com extras, the Oakland A's edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.